This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And in this episode, I'm going to be sharing from Colossians chapter 2. This is a letter that Paul wrote, and he's writing and encouraging and challenging like many of his letters. These are um, people that he's working to shepherd through what it looks like to live out their faith. And so he says this in Colossians chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 6 and 7. And there are uh, three or four kind of terms or ideas in here that I really want to focus on and really take um, kind of a next level look at because I think, and I, I talk about this sometimes, that it's easy to, you know, read through a verse and go, okay, yeah, there's a little bit of a list there or there are a few ideas that are kind of stacked on each other right there. Okay, yep, good, got it. Okay, Uh, and what I want us to do here today is to read, it's just two verses, but there's, like I say, there's kind of some stuff stacked on top of each other here, and I want to take a look at what each of those things look like for us and kind of read this verse carefully instead of just breezing through it and going, yep, I get the gist of it to take a look and really kind of break it down. So verse six, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. And so I'm just going to jump right into it and get into a few of these ideas that are kind of building on each other. You know, I didn't, (laughs) I think I must have that idea of building on in my head because of the verse talking about that. I didn't do that on purpose, but I think subconsciously that's where (laughs) where that came from. Uh, But it, it, he starts with these stacking concepts here, talking about being rooted in Christ. And I started thinking about my own experience with roots. And, you know, the first thing that pops into my head, and I'm guessing that most of us, if not all of us, have had this experience of trying to um, tear some of the weeds or plants or whatever they are that grow in the cracks and crevices in our sidewalk and driveway, right? When you're out doing the lawn, you weed whack and you get some of those, maybe if you've let it go for a while, like I do sometimes, you get some of those big clumps of grass or weed that's growing up in your um, in the sidewalk or in your driveway, the cracks between things, um, and you kind of knock it off, you know, with the weed whacker and just kind of get rid of the most of the leaves or the flower or whatever that part of the plant is. And you're left with a little stem that's maybe an inch high or half an inch or something like that. And then you go back and you reach down and you try to yank that thing up. And I'm guessing some of them, you know, you can get up. But like me, 
you've probably had a few where you go to try to rip this remaining stem of this weed, whatever it is, up out of the ground, and it feels like the thing is just cemented in there. Like it is not going to come out. And if you finally manage to get it out, you'll see the tap root that goes straight down is sometimes two or three times the length of what you're seeing up above the ground. And it's got the little roots that are shooting off to the side of it. And what that thing does is it gets itself so enmeshed. I'm kind of like uh, curling my fingers as if I was like trying to grab onto something really tight. And that's kind of what I picture a root system doing for a plant. Now, obviously the roots are down in the ground getting uh, nourishment and getting nutrients and getting moisture and all those things that the plant needs. But also one of the things that they do is just provide stability and security. You think about how uh, I live here in Michigan, near Lake Michigan, and one of the things that they really work on to try to keep, uh, especially dune erosion and stuff like that, is they plant this little dune grass because when it grows, the roots that it gets down in there doesn't just help the plant, it helps the dune and the land itself keep from eroding because those root systems go underground and they can be pretty extreme. They can be pretty intense. I can't remember if I've shared about this in a previous episode. If I did, it would have been a long time ago. But shortly after, oh, maybe Annalise talked about it one time when she was uh, on with me. But anyway, we probably two or three months after our wedding, we got a letter from the city of Holland saying, hey, we've been doing an assessment of our sewer lines. We've been in there with a video camera. And what we found is that from uh, your house out to the main, your sewer line, not the city's line, your individual line has some roots growing in it. And I got the letter and didn't think much of it. I thought, okay, Roto-Rooter can knock that out. But when I talked with my plumber, he said, well, he said, if they're sending you that letter, uh, what they're saying is it's reached a point where you can't do that Roto-Rooter anymore. He said, it's, you're going to have to replace the line that goes from your house out to the sewer main, which I still thought like, okay, yeah, not that big of a deal. Um, until we found out that our line to get out to the main went from the front of our house and the sewer main was across the street. So that meant they were going to have to tear up probably five feet wide stretch of our whole front yard, which that part wasn't that big of a deal. Um, our sidewalk, the edge of our driveway and straight across the street. And we were going to be, we found out, financially responsible for repairing all of that stuff. Obviously, we expected to be responsible for fixing our yard and those kind of things, but um, also 
for repairing the sidewalk, also for uh, pouring new, I think it's asphalt that they use on the road. And we, uh, we got a good <laughs> hand kickstarting our budget because that was uh, multiple thousands of dollars, as you can imagine. I came home from work the day that they did the digging and there was a hole in my front yard that was probably five or six feet uh, deep and probably four feet wide digging down to get at this pipe that had tree roots in it. And when we looked at our front yard, we're like, it doesn't even make sense. We don't have any big trees. Where would that come from? And the only thing we could figure out is that across the street, so probably 50 feet away from our house, uh, there was a massive, I don't know about trees, so I don't know what kind of tree it was, but the trunk was one I couldn't wrap my arms around. You know, So you figure the diameter of it is probably three and a half, four feet. It's a huge tree, probably 50 feet tall. I don't know about, I'm just kind of, you know, guessing on some of this, but a massive, massive tree. And we figured that that was the only one. It made sense that its roots grew down and grew under the ground across the street and grew so, I don't know the word, aggressively that when it ran into our sewer line, it didn't just go out and around it. It just kind of grew straight on through it which is pretty crazy to think about. But when I think about roots, when I, and <laughs> I know that was a negative experience with roots, but it was an experience that kind of let me see what roots are capable of, what roots um, do, and how impressive some of the stuff that they you know, do as they're holding this foundation of the tree as they're out in search of nutrients. And when I think of what it looks like that Paul's saying uh, to be rooted in Christ, I think of the foundation that that would be. Um, the stability, the security. And then this is the idea next, what I was saying about this stuff kind of stacks on top of each other. He says, rooted and built up in him. And that built up is going on top of the foundation. So I, I started to think a little bit about, okay, if the roots are the foundation, what are some of the roots of our faith? What would it mean to, to have our roots in him? And I thought of some of the verses that I've talked about um, pretty recently in the podcast. One of them, when Jesus was asked the first and greatest commandment, he said, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And he said, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I think that's part of the foundation of what it means to follow after God. And I think of other verses like 
Um, from the book of Romans, Paul writes that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Paul also writes, uh, and I'm forgetting, I think it's in Romans, uh, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now those few passages, uh, they're not, you know, I'm not saying like, well, if we just had those three passages, we'd get the full picture. But I think that those three ideas are a good um, kind of quick summaries of some of the bigger ideas throughout Scripture. And so I think some of those things are, those are the foundation. And then to be built up in him on top of that foundation I just, I think that's a really powerful idea because you have to lay the foundation first and then you can continue building. If you think about it in terms of um, kind of a house or a, you know, commercial property or whatever, they dig deep first and they pour the concrete foundation and the building is, in the words of this text, rooted, right, with that foundation and then the building up can happen from there. And as I thought about what it looks like uh, for all of us to be built up in him, what came to my mind are um, some of the practices for me that I've talked about all throughout a bunch of different episodes here of having a quiet time, a time where I uh, just get alone and meditate and allow God uh, through his word, as I repeat, be still and know that I am God, to allow him to speak to me, to allow him to realign some of the spots in my life that are not where they need to be, uh, to affirm some of the spots in my life that are where they need to be, and I'm guessing that just like I have that practice, most people listening right now know what that type of, not, not that type of practice necessarily, but that type of thing for them, right? That you know, hey, sometimes for me, allowing myself to be built up in Christ, here's what it looks like. It doesn't look like Alan going and getting alone and just being totally silent. For me, it looks like getting out in nature. For me, it looks like reading through uh, passage after passage of scripture. For me, it, you know, there's all different kinds of ways to do this, to be built up in him. And what Paul's encouraging here is that we have the foundation in place and then we're built up in him on top of that foundation. Then he goes on and he says, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And that concept here, strengthened in the faith, just it sort of 
um, completes or <laughs> that's not even the word I want to use it as the building started at the foundation and then built up there's this idea that okay now it's established now here we are you know this is a not a perfect analogy by any means but as I was thinking about this I was sitting in our new Holland building at winning at home and you know going through the final inspection and getting a certificate of occupancy after doing large-scale construction I was thinking okay that's it's not the idea there but there's something to that that kind of connects right of saying like hey strengthened established not and that's where I'm struggling because it's not like now it's official like a certificate of occupancy but sort of just saying okay this just continues to be solidified and strengthened and then he closes with this and overflowing with thankfulness now as i'm recording this uh, we're still in the middle of michigan winter i'm hopeful that by the time you listen to it by the time this gets released that we won't still be in the middle of winter but we probably will be um <laughs> so maybe this will apply more than uh, i'm hoping it will but what i've found is that the weather in michigan kind of becomes a go-to when you walk into the office for the first time in the morning or you meet someone for lunch or you get home or whatever it's really easy that we just instantly move into who man it's bad out there isn't the roads are bad oh it's cold man i hate winter i can't why do i live here and we kind of uh rally around and connect over just complaining about winter and I do it. I get it. I hate winter. I <laughs> I spend four months out of the year plus going, why do I live in Michigan again? So I, I get it. I'm guilty of this. But when I think about what Paul's writing here, to be overflowing with thankfulness, I'm reminded of just how easy it is to focus on the negative or to um, disproportionately feel the negative. You know, we know that if somebody's talking to us and they say 10 things that are positive and one thing that's negative about us or our performance or whatever it is, that's the one that's going to keep replaying over and over in our heads. That's just how we're wired. The negative we look at it like a problem that needs to be solved or we look at it like now the person who said that is a problem and we don't want them to do that to us ever again. And it's just so easy to miss out on overflowing with thankfulness. And what Paul's reminding us here is to kind of keep resetting our minds to keep working back on saying, 
okay, look at all the cool things that God is up to in my life, in my family's life, in the life of my church or the life of the organization that I'm a part of, and how easy it is to get focused in on the negative and not miss out on the good stuff, but just not spend a lot of time thinking about it, not spend a lot of time celebrating it, and instead be kind of focused in so much on what goes wrong. And what Paul is reminding all of us here is that as we're rooted in Christ, as we're built up in him, as we're established in our faith, uh, and as we are overflowing with thankfulness, we're, you know, as I'm saying this, I'm looking at the heading of that passage, and the heading right before the two verses I just read says spiritual fullness in Christ. And I can't say it better than that. That right there is what Paul's describing. It's what God's inviting us into. And I want to encourage all of us to take a look at, okay, where do I need to um, maybe get back to the roots? Where do I need to work on some of those disciplines, some of those practices that were keeping me built up in him? Where do I need to be strengthened in the faith? Where do I need to recalibrate and make sure I'm overflowing with thankfulness? These are areas where we can all grow. Maybe it's obvious immediately for us where that is, uh, but maybe we need to spend a little bit of time thinking and reflecting and praying and asking God to point out some of those areas where there's room for growth. Whatever that looks like for you, I want to invite you along with me to take a look and go, yep, there's some areas there I need to clean up, some areas I need to grow, some areas that I need to surrender. When we do that, we'll experience more and more and more spiritual fullness in him.